Welcome to the Created Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Frierson. If you're a woman leader in the ministry or marketplace, you've come to the right place. So buckle up and get ready for season five of the show, where each week a new co-host would join me, and we will have real, raw, and fun conversations about living out our faith in the marketplace and more. Enjoy. Well, hello, friends. If you are listening to this show in real time, well, then today is November 28th, which means it's National Giving Tuesday. National Giving Tuesday is a movement that unleashes the power of radical generosity around the world. Giving Tuesday reimagines a world built upon shared humanity and generosity. All around the world today, people are giving generously to their favorite nonprofit so that each one can continue the important work that we all are doing. Since our focus for Created Woman this Giving Tuesday is centered around our 2024 Interactive Women's Conference, we wanted to bring you a show today from our conference this past April. It was truly a magical day where we hosted over 100 women leaders. God led us the whole way and we saw so many miracles. On today's show, you will get to hear our Change the World Around You panel featuring four amazing leaders who all have different backgrounds. Friends, this isn't just another conference for women. It's a powerful gathering and launchpad for entrepreneurs, leaders, visionaries, and those committed to discovering and living out their God-given purpose. So this Giving Tuesday today, if and you're listening in real time, we want to invite you to be a part of what God is doing at Creative Woman. And if you're listening to this after Giving Tuesday, it's okay. You can give and donate anytime throughout the year because your investment goes directly towards making the 2024 Creative Woman Conference a reality, covering crucial costs, enabling us to invite top-notch speakers, and providing the resources necessary for a life-changing experience. By investing in her, you're not just supporting an event, you're catalyzing change and empowering a wave of women to transform the world around them through their God-given purpose and bringing Christ into every sphere of influence. Well, I'll let the rest of the show speak for itself. And if you want to find out more, visit us at creativewoman.net or the show notes below. Enjoy. Ladies, for our last panel, we are going to dive into how to change the world around you, and we are really getting practical in this. I got to sit down with Kendra Stanton, Crystal Bro, Kenzie Radke, and Penny Lanier, and each of them have such powerful stories, so I know you're going to enjoy it, so get your notes ready. Um, I'm Penny Lanier, and I've been married for 38 years as of this week. Uh, to the same man. <laughs> I have two grown daughters that are both married. I have two wonderful grandchildren that I brought pictures of. If y'all could flash them on. No, I'm kidding. Okay. I have a grandson and a granddaughter and pioneered a church, gosh, over 30 years ago. We pastored for 25 years and then felt like it was time to step down and hand it over to a younger couple. It was time to pivot. And, but during that time, we acquired churches in Kenya that we oversee, and we oversee 18 churches in Kenya and two private schools, and you'll hear more about that later. No big awesome. deal. Mm-hmm. You don't do a whatever. 
Just, just some just, basic stuff. Yeah. Just, we just have some just churches so in Kenya. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kenzie? Am I next? Okay. Hi, I'm Kenzie Radke. I was up here this morning. I am getting married in like 40-something days. Yeah. So I'm shooting for 38 plus years, but yeah, it's, it hasn't started yet, but we're close. What else? I'm a part of DCX community and Wilco workspaces, so I am here all the time. If you guys ever want to come hang out, come say hi, I am here. What else? I'm an Aggie. Any other Aggies out there? Yep. Whoop. What else? Is that good? Oh, I have one for you. Yeah. This is her natural hair. Like, this is not extensions, so can we Thank all just, you. Yeah. Yep. you know. I grew this myself. Thank you. Yeah. I do get it highlighted, though. So, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. My name is Crystal Bro, okay. and I have been married for 26 years and have a daughter who's 19 and a son who's 15. I've had some pivots in my life too. My background started out in health management and then as a wellness and life purpose coach. I now work for a hospital organization as a leadership development and leadership coach and lead um, a team of um, coaches and consultants for other um, hospitals in our system. I love Created Woman. I'm on the board as well. I'm on the writer's team. And probably my most famous role is being the sister and of uh, the founder of Created Woman, Heather. So I have lots of roles, um, very involved. I live um, right outside of Beaumont. I'm also a leader in my church and very passionate about the ministry that we serve in, in our church as well. Good job. My name is Kendra Stanton. I have been married for 16 years, so not as cool as the rest of them, but I'm cooler than Kenzie, I guess, because she's, you know. You beat me by like 16 years. I'm coming for you, though. Um, I have three kids. My oldest is 12, youngest is seven. My husband and I planted a church in good old Round Rock about... I don't know, eight years ago, I guess. And I'm also an entrepreneur. I am a business owner. I have done lots of piz, uh, pivots in my career, but I, I definitely uh, am, am the marketplace faith girl faux show. Well, I'm Heather. I've been married for 16 years as well. I guess want to get that in there. I mean, we're all sharing. I have two kids. You see my little one run around all day long. But we're not here to talk about all of that, really, even though our husbands are amazing and soon-to-be husbands. We really want to talk about changing the world and how you each practically do it. And I needed you to hear who they were to see there's all these backgrounds. And there's not one way to change the world. Because when we think about changing the world, we're like, the world's too big. It is. But what does your world look like? And that's what we really wanted to do. And so I want to start with my sister, because she's my sister. But also, just because I love how practical it is and how she walks it out. In the business, this is the first question, are you ready? In the business and focus during a work day, how can you ensure you're making a difference and pointing someone to Jesus? Well, I think we've heard this a lot today on the panel is that we have to remember what our true purpose is and our work is only the vessel that we use for our ultimate purpose. So I think it, it starts with realizing every day that what are what it's going to be our intentions for that day. We're you know as as goal driven women, and again we're all obviously 
very driven and get caught up and I got to do this and I got to do this. But stopping and thinking, okay, what today, how can I share the gospel? How can I be intentional with the conversations that I'm having to be really purposeful in listening to those who are around you and remembering that each day as we start our day, just if we're praying for our day, are we also saying, Lord, today bring someone into my life that I can minister to. And then we have to be open in that day to say, "Uh uh-oh, I think this is a conversation that the Lord has given me that I might need to pause and not be so concerned about the outcome and the metrics but the relationship, because this might be what my day is about today. I love that. And I love how you've even shared before how lots of times in the Bible, we said a lot of miracles happen when Jesus was interrupted. Yes. Yeah. So absolutely. Because some of, you know, you've heard me speak. and I I love time. Y'all know I love being on time. I love time. I love talking about priorities. I love being efficient with my time. I love scheduling. Are you happy that we're early? I like, I am so impressed. I'm like, we are so right on time today. (laughs) But I had to realize we have to give ourselves margin in our time. And when we are so scheduled and regimented, that gets in the Lord's way. So sometimes I have to stop and say, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be meeting with this person about. This was what she came to me about in her leadership development. But I'm hearing something that we need to pause and focus on right here. When my coworker comes down the hall and I've got this task going on to say, whoa, I think this might be an interruption that God has ordained. And I need to be receptive to what my real purpose is today, no matter what I've, I've put in my agenda. It's good. It's good. So we're going to jump all the way over to Kenya. <laughs> to the other side of the world and talk to Penny. And what I love is just your story, which they just heard a little bit about. But with that, what strategy did God show you concerning making a difference in the lives of the people in Kenya? Well, first of all, you got to know I was the least likely person to be called to go to Kenya. So my husband and I always gave to missions. We, through the years, we were like, oh yeah, we'll give, y'all go. You know, you be the ones to do the thing. And then all of a sudden, the, a big pivot happened in our life where the missionaries that we were sending, they were elderly, wound up being promoted to heaven and on their deathbed said, these are now yours. And my husband goes, uh uh-huh. And so, um, yeah, so at that time, it was three churches. And I think it was 2010 when that happened. So then my husband started going yearly, and I never went. I was like, nah, you go. I'll stay with the kids. You go. (laughs) Because where we went, where our churches are, it's not, it's in the brush of Africa. Okay, there's no plumbing. There's no electricity which means you potty in a hole. Okay, I'm talking, it's very rustic, so I thought, God will never make me go there. (laughs) God, if you know me at all, you know I'm not supposed to go. 
And then he had been going over there for five years. And then he, my husband looked at me and said, well, I told God, I said, how I know that I'm supposed to go, I have bargained with God a lot. How I know I'm supposed to go is if Gary tells me, I ha- like, I need you to go. If he says that he needs me to go, I will go. I thought he's never going to do that. <clears throat> Two weeks later, he said, honey, I really need you to go with me this time. Like, no, no. I mean, guys, I cried. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And here's where community comes in so clearly because I was terrified to go over there. I don't like to fly. I, uh, you have to sleep under mosquito nets so you don't get malaria. You know, it's just like, I was, I was terrified. I had to face a lot of my fears. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had a community of women at that time, and one of the women said, you can do this. You can do this. And she just spoke into my life. And so I said, okay, God, if I'm going, I'm not going just because I'm the wife. I want to go with a purpose. I want to know what is the purpose of me going. And so literally on the, way, on the plane, on the way, he began to speak to me about what that was. And I had studied previously, preparing for the trip, I studied about the women in Kenya because I didn't want to go over there not knowing who I was going there for. So I studied about the women in Kenya and they are taught as women that you are only made for two things, to do two things. One is to have babies and the second is to help farm and that's it. They're very belittled. The women are very belittled, so much so that when we, when we met the pastor's wives over there, they, they won't look you in the eye. They're like this. And so it became really clear that one of the ways God, one of the things God wanted us to do was bring healing to those women. Because what happens is AIDS is very prevalent over there. So the parents die really young, leaving behind a lot of children and orphans. And so these, it's left to the oldest child to try and make money for the family. So then what happens is if it's a female, all she knows to do is to prostitute herself. Because that's all she's been told is that's all, what, that's, that's all you're made for. And so we knew we were going to bring healing to the women, begin to help them to to see their purpose, that it wasn't just those two things, that they are gifted, that they are talented, that God does have something for them. And so by the end of our first trip, the women were able to lift their head and look at us. And we were able to educate the pastors on what their wives, your wife, because what happened is during service, the men sat at the front, women sat at the back. So the first thing we did is, who's, who's a wife in here of any of these men sitting up here? And they raised their hand and we said, come up here and sit with your husband. Yeah. Because that's where you belong, is by his side. Yeah. And so we educated the pastors on, here are some things that your wife is supposed to be doing or could be doing. The next thing was, once we started ministering to the women, we saw it was generational, so that's why we built the two schools, because rarely do women go to college over there and even graduate college. 
So we now have our first college graduate. And she, her dream was to be a teacher and then go back to her village and teach, teach the kids and begin to break that generational thing. I love how it reminds me of the story of Jonah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And it doesn't have to be to Kenya or to something like that. But the, really that you really didn't want to go and we've heard it throughout the day, but you were obedient to the call and said yes, even if begrudgingly. I say a lot of times, I, I say yes arguing all the way, but at least I go. And you went, and you made change. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And by the way, I did go online and order one of those, like, potty chair things that you use when you go camping. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, potty. I, and, you know, God gave me an yeah. idea, and I used it. That's right. And they're probably thankful for it. Well, we have Kinsey here. I knew I was going to have to go next. <laughs> Well, I love Kinsey because I watched her over the year of being able to be in this building and watch you. And, and it's so crazy to me to hear you say that where you, what you're doing in this very moment is not your most comfortable thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is my least favorite, I think. Yes, because she's up here. Thank you. So talk to us about how expanding your comfort zone has really made such a kingdom impact and in the community you're around. Yeah, I think there was a time where I just realized, and I've had a lot of people really speak into me uh, that I have value as who I am, and I have just let fear control so much of the decisions that I've made. And there was just one day where I was like, every choice that we make, I think fear is either controlling us or we're controlling it. Like there's just no, we're all scared of things all the time. And I just don't want to be somebody who's controlled by fear all the time. I want to be somebody who trusts like what the Bible says that he like did not give me a spirit of fear. And so I want to lean into who he has actually called me to be. And it doesn't have to be from stage. And I tried very hard for it to not be from stage, but I've sat in an audience so many times and there's always been this barrier to me. Like, I'm in the audience, these are the people on stage, and that's where I belong, and that's where they belong. And that is just a bunch of BS. <laughs> as much as I hate being up here and exposing myself, I, I do it because it makes me uncomfortable and because I've seen how much growth I've experienced over the last year by doing things that absolutely terrify me, to have a 100-something women in the room who, like, have thoughts about me right now. Like, I don't know what they are. I don't don't know. Um, But I want somebody, and hopefully there's somebody in the audience right now that's like, you don't have to be on stage in order to make an impact. This isn't the only place, but you can because you're you, not because there's a specific level. And you guys all probably feel this. Like, there's not like something you have to do to be up here to be better than everybody else. Like, there's just nothing about it. But for whatever reason, the stage creates that barrier. It did in my mind. And so I'm just kicking it down now. And the comfort zone, yeah. Who needs one, you know? Like, That's right. Because so. what, I, what I love is, is, is that how to make it practical for everybody is that you said yes to one thing over mm-hmm. here, a job. Yes. You didn't say yes to this. No, I and said no like, many times. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris was like, well, you're going to do it anyway. And I was like... I don't want to quit, so I guess that's just where we're at. But yeah, I didn't say yes to that. This is not what I would have chosen for myself. Yeah. I want to be in the back with a clipboard, and I want no one to know my name, but I want everything to be perfect. And so, yeah, sometimes you just got to do what you don't want to do, and then you realize, oh, it's not that bad. 
So. Well, Kendra and I just now, because of you letting go of your fear, Kendra and I just said, we now have a new fear because we never thought of a hundred women thinking about us. <laughs> oh, sorry. All at one time. Like, sorry. So, I'm glad you released that and we have a new one. Yeah, you guys can have that one. I'll go pick up a new one. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, speaking of Kendra, I love that you, I want to get to the question, but she is a content creator in so many ways. And I think that a lot of us in here are, whether it's online or sending emails, whatever that looks like, but you've really used that as your platform to point people to Jesus. And so why do you think that's important to use content as a way to communicate? Okay. Well, content tells a story. And so all of us are here in this room because we're either wanting to be leaders wherever God has planted us and or also we are wanting to further our careers, right? So we're here because we're trying to gain insight and whatnot. And we live in a digital world, right? Like not Madonna's material world. We live in a <laughs> digital world. Now I have Madonna in my head, so... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I don't want you to run out. But content is storytelling, right? So it is important to have, to utilize that for the glory of God in whatever uh, realm you are. And I think when we think about content, we think about, you know, Instagram and like have posting on social media every day. But to your point, it is through, through email and through like different formats of marketing and so why do I think it's important to create content? It's important because you need to tell your story. And in order for you to be successful wherever God has planted you, you can't do that without telling your story. Yeah. I just want you to expand a little bit on the power of words because you're so good. Because I'll... Okay. And I'm putting you on the spot and I know yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, what you hear a lot at Creative Woman or see on the website, especially the past year and a half is an idea I might have had, but she made the words better. Mm. So I, I just want you to share even, even partnering with people and why the power of words, whether it's verbal or why it's in, just the power of words. The power of words. Okay. <laughs> well, like I said, when, when it comes to storytelling, if you don't craft a good story, then you, no one's going to want your product. It's just the bottom line, right? Like people get tied into a story and... The value of words is, well, number one, it's how God created us to communicate to the world, right? He gave us this tool, um, and it, it is a gift that we all have, um, and, and you don't even, you know, people that are not speaking people, maybe sign language, still have that power of words. It's a gift that we all have in con common, is a common denominator. And so when it comes to like crafting stories and, and being able to communicate your story, you, you have to be able to tell it good. So even if you're not somebody who maybe is a writer or necessarily good at crafting a story, can I give, can I give like a little tool trick? Yeah, trick? of course. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go down like a little two minute bunny trail, but one of the best ways right now, and lucky all of us, is this tool called ChatGPT, all right? Like, and there's tons of AI tools, but I'll tell you what, if you can, 
even if you're not good at telling a story, if you go to that platform and you just sort of tell your ideas, you can get great, it, it, it kind of does a good job of um, expanding your thoughts. So this is a great tool for you to have in your tool belt for whatever business you might be in or even as a leader. And then I think I'll even like say with, with what uh, Cheryl has in the back, her little journal that she has is a great way of just expanding on your thoughts. Um, but yeah, anytime, anything that can help to expand. If, you, if you're not good with words, then um, like I am apparently not right now. <laughs> okay. You're doing good, you're doing good. Yeah, I'm like, well, actually, you're, you're not doing a very good job of telling the story. But what you can do is find somebody to partner with you to draw out your words, right? Like there's a lot of times working with Heather where she will give me something like a sentence or two and I will expand it. And I do actually think that the Holy Spirit has been, been partnering in that. And so there's been times where it's like, I'm sharing with Heather what she shared with me, but I expanded on, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful, like crying. And she's like, you're the weirdest person, but okay. She's like, it's so good. Yeah. But yeah, the, the power of story, the power of expanding your story, that's yeah. it's very important. Are you seeing how changing the world doesn't have to be, yes, you can go to Kenya, but are, are we showing you practical ways how it's right where you are? Uh, so I just want to stay on that word thing and look at Crystal and just practically for people in here, it could be at work, it could be anywhere. And you kind of touched on it a little bit, but how can you really, can you talk about people coming to you? But how can you start a conversation with people to lead someone with Jesus? Yeah. So I wish I could say I was that girl that, you know, walked up, do you know Jesus? Can I tell you about Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Can I tell? And I'm not. Um, it starts with a relationship. But here's what I would say first. You can't give somebody what you don't have. That's true. So we have to start by saying, um, do you know what you believe? right? Who is Jesus to you? Because Jesus is a lot of things to different people. So we have to be grounded firmly in what we believe, and we have to be in it every day so that we have that armor and that we're ready when that conversation present. you know, when we have the opportunity. So first, know what you believe, get in it, know it, and then second, we have to make sure in the marketplace that we look different. And I don't mean weird, right? Nobody would talk to me if I went up every day, walked into my office, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you know? But we have to look different. And that might mean that we don't get invited sometimes to the party after because we look different. And that's okay. But you know what? I may not be invited to the after party, but they know who to come talk to when when there's a problem so we have to look different we have to be we have to people have to see that we're different in a positive way and then like I was saying earlier be open to those conversations so we have to be in tune to listen most of the time more than what we're saying right so being in tune when that person's talking to you, that conversation, are you ready when you hear something that you can provide hope for, yeah. right? It might not just be walking up, but be so intentional in our listening to say, well, let me tell you 
where I have found hope. Let me tell you, when I've been in that situation, who has brought me peace? Asking the question, you know, where do you find peace with that? Where do you go? So I think it starts with building a relationship. How are you different? And how are you building relationship with your coworkers so that you're ready to have that conversation? Yeah, share the story real quick of a practical way. Like you were doing your job. You started coaching a team member and how that led to... Yeah, so one, I'm very fortunate. I work for a Catholic organization and we can just talk about Jesus. So, and I do have an, I coach leaders. And so I have a lot of one-on-ones coaching sessions with leaders, but was working with a new leader last year. And after our one year of working together professionally, you know, I was able to unpack, you know, what were some of her real issues, which were personal not just professional, and was then able to invite her outside of work to start just talking one-on-one. Lots of hurt, lots of past hurt, offenses. And through that, I was able to talk to her about the Lord, share the gospel with her, invite her to church for the first time. She had not been to church in 14 years and started coming to our church And just last month, I was able to have one of the greatest joys of my life and baptize her and and her daughter, who was eight years old. So that is just such a powerful message that it's one person at a time. So being open to that one conversation that can lead to the next conversation and just that building of that relationship that led to me being able to baptize her, but also change a generation within her daughter. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Just a real practical way. I love it. We're going to get real practical with you, Penny, and talk about your grandkids. Yeah. You've impacted the world in Africa, but how do you take that home and you watch your grandkids three days a week because they're your grandkids. Yeah. How do you make sure you're making a difference in their lives so that they can go make an impact? That's a good question. First of all, I never thought I would be taking care of little kids at this age. There is a reason why we have babies in our 20s and 30s, because we have more energy. However, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And really, taking care of my grandkids is not any different than what I did with my kids. And in the Bible, in Proverbs, it says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. The word train there is kind of gives the connotation of, you know, whenever you plant a new tree, a baby tree, and you put stakes around it to make sure it grows up straight, that's what that verse means. As parents, we are to put boundaries around our children. We're to train them on how to think, how to react to things, um, especially as believers. And so what we did is... I'm doing the same thing with my grandkids, and it's super cool. So what we did is we would look for teachable moments in our kids' lives and now our grandkids. So those teachable moments look like they get in the car after school when you pick them up from school. What do they usually do? They're going to tell you everything about their day. 
They're going to tell you what happened to them, what, you know, whatever. There's a teachable moment in there somewhere, right? Yeah. In Deuteronomy, and I brought my phone up here because I want to read this because it's super cool. It's chapter 6, and it's verse 6 and 7, and it's in the Amplified Version. It says, These words which I am commanding you today shall be written on your heart and mind. You shall teach them diligently to your children, impressing God's precepts on their minds and penetrating their hearts with his truths. And you shall speak of them when you sit in your house and when you walk on the road and when you lie down and when you get up, when you pick them up from school, when you have dinner with them around the dinner table. Ideal time to, talk, to have those teachable moments. When you're putting them to bed, we always put them to bed, read them a Bible story, talked about their day, prayed with them, prayed over them. And so those left those seeds. Now my kids, you know, are doing the same thing. I, I watch my daughter with my grandkids and I get so emotional because at her dinner table, they do a family devotional. We were never a family that did an actual family devotional together because we were always doing, um, we, we did the teachable moments and just took those opportunities. But, um, so it's cool. So it is true. Train up a child in the way they should go and when they're old, they don't depart from it. They may wander away for a little while which both mine did, but they came right back and they knew where their strength was. And so now with my grandkids, it's so cool because my little two-year-old granddaughter is singing Jesus Loves Me while she's playing with her toys, you know, and it's just the coolest thing. And my grandson gets in the car and starts, you know, Nana, I want to hear there's joy in the house of the Lord. I'm like, well, okay, let's do that. So we turn it on and we jam to... There's joy in the house of the Lord, you know? And so, yeah. And so now they're going and making a difference. He's going to preschool, and he talks to all his friends about Jesus. And yeah. Isn't that good? It's super cool. How many of you guys are moms, and like that, and that's such a true story? And, you know... We're changing the world in our house. Yeah, and you have to... You have to... It's interesting because if you're used to being, you know, a, a business leader or a businesswoman, but now you're entering into a mommy season, yeah. it... Changing those diapers and, you know, rocking them to sleep. And there's, that's, you don't know what you're raising. You don't know who, you know, they may discover the cure to a disease. They may be the next, you know, president of the United States. They may, you know, you don't know who you're rocking to sleep tonight. And so we, what we did... I'm getting off subject probably, but what, what we did it, as soon as we could is to see our, the natural uh, bent that our children had, mm-hmm. okay? So, the, and we, be, we began to help them discover their destiny at a very early age, okay? So, my girls were not athletic, so, but they wanted to try soccer, Katie, my youngest, who loves being in front of people, put her cleats on and waved at everybody as she ran down the soccer field. You know, we're like, she's not an athlete. But girl can preach the pants off anybody right now, you know. And so we trained her in that. 
Mandy, super duper organized. At two years old, would tell everybody where to sit at the dinner table. Everybody where to sit at Thanksgiving. Guess what? We knew that she's going to be an administrator of some type. So we began, instead of getting on to her and saying, you don't tell adults what to do. We just, we let her do it. That's so good. I feel like there, with us being here, talking about all the things we're doing today, the biggest priority, God and our family, that speaks volumes. So thank you for sharing that. Can I give a little encouragement on that too, real quick, about those teachable moments? Um, for those who have littles, like don't don't give up. So my daughter um, is her freshman year in college, and she's off. And my kids, since they've been little, they tease me all the time. Mom, you don't have to have a Bible verse for everything. And I'm like, I kind of think you do. <laughs> I I think you know God's word. They're they're so every anytime they're like, I know she's got a Bible verse for that. I'm like, well, yes, God does have a word about that. All those teachable moments. There's always something, and so they're always like. I know you got a Bible verse for that. I know you got a Bible verse for this. Literally about three months ago, my daughter and a couple of her friends were in Dallas and we're sitting at the dinner table and she calls us and she said, mom, I got to ask you something real quick. She said they were in Dallas and they saw some people trying to preach the gospel in not a very loving way. And she said, I know what they're doing is not right. She said, so I said, let me call my mom and dad because I know they have a verse that <laughs> is going to share this is not right. And I said, well, I actually do. <laughs> give me a moment. So don't give up, you know, because, of course, that made my heart I'm like, mm-hmm, there's a verse for everything. <laughs> um, don't give up. Even when the eyes are being rolled and they're taking deep breaths, they're like, oh my gosh, here we go again. It's those little, it's those little seeds. That's right. That's good. So Kinsey. Yes. <laughs> so we talked about how you are in those uncomfortable moments and pushing through, which a lot of us are, you know, we're changing seasons and all that. So when you look back now, two years ago, what advice would you give yourself when you were starting out? Ugh. I think it's you're never going to feel ready for anything. I am not a parent yet, but I've been told you're never ready. <laughs> Every season and new change in life, I feel like I've always felt just kind of like thrown into it. And you just figure it out. And so I feel like you're never going to feel ready, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And then I think it's trust the people that, that love you and care about you. There's a lot of times when I was like, I can't do this. I don't want to be the one. Like, please don't pick me. But I had so many people speaking truth into me, and I just had to borrow that trust for a long time of like, I don't believe that I can, but if you do... I think I can do it. And then now I'm like, oh, I think I can believe that for myself now. I think I've finally, I've, I've owned it enough to where, yeah, I'm not going to be perfect in it, but I can own now that trust in myself that I didn't have for a long time. And so, yeah, I think I would just encourage myself, like, just, you got to just go for it. And... It is scary, but it's not as scary as we create it. We make it out to be. I think we use our imaginations in a really negative way the majority of the time and create these really massive situations and 
It never happens that way. I'm like, okay, worst case scenario, I just black out up here. <laughs> you guys are all really nice. Like, somebody take care of me, you know? And so there's just, like, these things. It's like, it's so silly. Like, I can reason out of it, but it's, like, so paralyzing for so long. And so it's just... Yeah, you got to have people around you who are going to tell you the truth, and then you just got to believe them yeah. until you believe it for yourself. Right. Yeah. You, you get to be around, because of what you do and what's mm-hmm. created here at Wilco, you get to be a lot around a lot of entrepreneurs. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of women in here that are CEOs, business leaders, leaders in their companies, have their own companies, or even at home starting their company or raising children. Mm-hmm. What is a thread that you have seen in the community, this is off the cuff, so so sorry. No, you're good. Because you, you get to have a lot of conversations with different people. What's a thread that you have noticed in the people that are in community and also maybe that are doing it from a faith-based standpoint? Hmm. I think it's... A lot of the people that I've gotten to interact with in the whole entrepreneur world, which I've never understood, I'm, I, there, I, who was it earlier that was saying there's benefits to both? And I totally agree. But I think it's people who are kind of tired of the status quo. Like, I think there's a lot of people out there who just are tired of going with whatever has been and they want to chart a path um, that's different. And so I've really admired um, the people that I've gotten to network with and, and learn from that they're just like, it doesn't always have to be this way. Yeah. Um, we can do something different and why not me? Um, and that's really been encouraging to me is, and ultimately it doesn't matter what you do. I think growing up in the church, I had this idea that in order to like love and serve the Lord, you needed to work at an, in a nonprofit or you needed to work in the church. And that was how you showed people that you love Jesus. And I think people have just opened my eyes to, you can love Jesus and do absolutely anything and it matters. And in fact, it's, you have to go where the people are in order to, to get them to come where you want them to go. And so that's been really cool to see that there's just so much impact to be had in the marketplace and that the Lord is totally working. Like the quote you put up earlier from Billy Graham, I'm like, yes, I believe it, that there is, you spend so much time at work every single week, whether it's 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours, and to just set aside your faith for that time period doesn't make any sense. And so I've been really encouraged to see the people that I've interacted with take their faith and implement it into their business. Like we can do business differently. It doesn't need to be cutthroat. It doesn't need to be profit over people. Like there's a way to do it well. And so it's been really encouraging to me. So does that answer your question? It seems to me because you're really comfortable up here. So. Oh, thanks. I'm trying. I'm trying. Doing good. Thank you. So Kendra, I want to switch back to you. And I kind of want to talk about that tension that we talked about earlier, because you live in two different worlds. Yep. And I think a lot of us do. I think that I think if we hear stories throughout the day, we live in work, different worlds. You are a content creator, mm-hmm. and you do that really well. You've done that for for years, but you also are a pastor of a church, mm-hmm. and that is a tension that you have to do both. So how do you live in that tension, and how do you feel like God gives you the grace to go back and forth? Because I feel like there's whether they're pastors or or marketplace or two different jobs or at home and then go to work there's a tension yeah how do you explain that grace and living in it okay i just i guess i would say you just don't shut off who you are authentically in either 
area, right? Like if I'm going to love Jesus authentically at church, I'm going to love Jesus authentically in the marketplace and I'm going to not change who I am and be like a shift, a shift shaper within either of those platforms. I'll bring my talents differently. You know, I'll bring what I bring to the table a little bit differently. Like I serve the church, you know, I'm going to get up there and do announcements. You know, I, I do things differently in those different avenues, but I'm still myself. I'm not going to go and change who God created me to be, it, whether I'm working for, you know, multi-million dollar company and doing, the, you know, help, helping them with their words and their strategy. And I'm going to be Jesus over here and be Jesus over there. So I've said this for a long time, like you, as believers, we carry the very breath of Jesus in our bodies. We have the Holy Spirit, which means that in any space that we walk in, we're actively bringing the Holy Spirit into that space. And so that means that I can live authentically as a believer, as who God has created me to be, whether I'm serving people at the church or I'm serving people in a business. And I think that you just cannot separate it. You can't separate it. You can't categorize who you are. You can't have like multiple personalities. Like you can, you can, you know, navigate how to bring Jesus in those spaces. Like what you were saying, Crystal, I'm not going to go like track someone down and be like, in the name of the Lord, like we're not doing that. But I will tell you that I work for a lot of companies that are not Christian companies. And in fact, like Creative Woman is the only Christian company that I work for or that I, that I partner with. And so it is a vast difference, like in how um, I, I get to actually pray with Heather, you know, like I get to have conversations about the Lord with Heather. I don't get to do that really, you know, with the CEOs of the other companies that I work for, but they also know that they can come to me if they need prayer, right? They're like, Kendra's the, Kendra works at a church. Like, I'm not shy about it. You know, I'm not like not telling people who I am. So I think that right now the world is finally catching on to, it's okay to be authentic. Like it's okay to be you. And I feel like that is sort of a grace that God's given me is to be okay with bringing who he has made me to be into whatever area I am in. And I would just challenge you guys to do the same. Wherever God has planted you to be yourself boldly, be who he has created you to be boldly in those spaces. Don't get caught up in the workspace drama. You are working unto the Lord, right? So that means that you get to work unto the Lord, whether you are... I know, I just can't remember. I can't, I'm going to be honest, I can't remember the... But work unto the Lord, be who he's created you to be in whatever platform he's given you and in whatever workspace he's put you in. I think that there is a misconception about people in ministry. I think that you walk into the church and people just think that you have it all together because you're on the stage. Like, oh, Kendra's married to a pastor, la, la, la. Like, we got our issues, okay? I love, I love my husband. Like, we have a phenomenal marriage, but we're not perfect human beings. Like, we are human beings just called to be in a church and called to serve a church and serve it in a leadership capacity. But we're not better than anybody. We're just obedient. Give her a hand. I heard a clap. So y'all want to start? I heard it. Um, so we're going to throw it to the audience. If I could have one of those microphones, I'm going to give this to our good friend, Stacy. And if we're going to just take the next five minutes so that we don't go over and do some Q&A, because I know that we've got questions as we wrap up this last panel of the day of how can you practically change the world around you? So don't be shy. We'll take about three questions if anybody wants to go for it. If not, we'll move on. 
If someone's got a hand, they sit over here. Right back here. I have a question with what you were just saying, Kendra, about being authentically you in a workplace, like navigating being a Christian in a secular workplace. When, for instance, you know, when you do your out of office for Christmas and you're like, praise God, it's birthday, you know, kind of, you know, religious, holy thing. But then your coworkers say, oh, you shouldn't do that because, you know, you might upset the wrong kind of people because they're in a different kind of religion. So how would you go about still sharing your faith without offending other people that are maybe of a different faith? Let me just clarify or get some clarification. Are you saying like if it's Christmas, if I like put a post up in like, you know, Slack or something and I'm like, Merry Christmas, is that what you're saying? No, more so like being able to explain your faith and talk about it Mm -hmm. when you have opposition from other people who aren't necessarily in that same walk of life. Yeah, or of different faith without being criticized for it or someone telling you it's wrong for you to say, you know, God bless you to people because you don't know, but like in a workplace setting. So like I work in real estate and, you know, we meet a lot of people, but... If I tell someone, God bless you, then my boss is like, you don't, you can't say that to people. How do you defend yourself? How do you, does that make sense? Oh yeah, no, it totally makes sense. I hear what you're saying and I think it's a valid question. I would say that in order to be authentic and you have to, you have to understand that no matter what, you are going to be offensive to somebody, you know, somebody's going to be offended by you because we're Christians, you know, and I'm not saying like as Christians, you know, go out there and like Bible beat people or whatever, but you know, we live in a world that is opposed to God. You know, he, we live in a world that is full of spiritual warfare. I mean, actively all the time, even in this room right now. And so to think that people aren't going to be offended is, it's just not accurate. So like in order to I guess you have to just not, not that you don't want to not offend people. It's just like, hey, bless you. If someone has a problem with it, it's like, well, okay, sorry. <laughs> you know, just roll, let it roll off your back. Like, because you know what happens at the end of the day when people are going through tragedy, they're going to come to you first. That's right. Anybody else? No more questions? Well, if we don't have any more questions, then I want to just one minute wrap up last thoughts. If we can really stay for one minute, that'd be great. Last thoughts, changing the world that you want to make sure the women heard as we leave of how to change the world. If you had one tip, Crystal, what about you? Like one last tip to share that you want them to hear about changing the world around them. Changing the world around us happens one conversation at a time. So be ready, be prayed up, know the word, be open so that when God does give you that one conversation, um, you're ready because you never know how that's going to change somebody that'll change then the next person. Yeah. Kenzie, what about you? I would say just show up for the people in your life. Be present 
there's a lot of things that we can do, but I think pre like being present with people is one of the most valuable things. And they're going to remember um, that you took the time that when they were having a bad day, you sat and listened. When they, your car broke down, you were the one that went and picked them up. When somebody needed a ride to the airport, you were the one that took them. I think showing up for people is kind of a lost art. We try and be independent and do things for ourselves. And I think we need people. We need to let people need us. And we need to be... I'm getting lost in my words, but you know what I'm saying. And so to be able to just show up for people when they need you and maybe when they don't know that they need you is a really impactful way. Penny, what about you? I think that we need to just slow down in our daily lives. We're all so very busy and we have our lists and we have our schedules and we have all that. But I know for me, I have to tell myself, okay, remember, there's a divine appointment out there today. Be aware. Be aware of the doors that open. Be aware of where God's leading you. Be, just be aware and slow down long enough so that you can take advantage of that God moment. Kendra? Um, okay, I was really thinking about it in this one second that you gave us to think about it. Appreciate it. I think that it is, in order to change the world around you, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit and allow him to change you and, and to be surrendered to anything in your life that you have not given to the Lord to change the world around you. And the world around you might be the person directly in front of you even right now. So good. Y'all, can we give it up for our closing panel? They're so amazing. Thank you guys so much. You can take a bow. Take a bow. Yeah. Yes, yes. Ladies, thank you so much for being a part of our online community. I hope you enjoyed today's conference. And if you want to dive deeper, I invite you to be a part of our online community through our membership. You can find all the information on creativewoman.net and how you can get on masterclasses, join a private community, get monthly toolkit and more. So visit creativewoman.net and we'll see you at the next conference. All right, friends, if you made it this far, then I know you learned so much from those four amazing ladies. Listen, I know what God is doing through CW and the women we serve. So my only ask is that you pray and ask God how you can be a part. Whether financial or through prayer, you are truly appreciated and valued. Until next week, go and be the woman you are created to be. Bye.